1077 The Franchise is your flagship for Oklahoma sports. So we decided to launch a podcast with the very best names in Oklahoma sports media to cover it. When they said no, we called in some interns. Thank goodness John changed his mind before we did something stupid. This is Inside OU with John Hoover on the Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Inside OU Podcast. This is Brady Trantham. Hello, everybody, on the YouTube machine. I'm joined by Mr. Rufus Alexander and Mr. John Hoover, and we are in an undisclosed location in Memorial Stadium somewhere, as you Living can tell. Living the sweet life. Yeah, we got the sweet life going. Um, it's much. Be- it's just much better than doing it in my car, like when we did the first <laughs> show, John. That was like, you know, I'll, I'll look back on that <laughs> someday and think, weird. No, it would have been it would have been extra funny if Rufus was a part of the show at, at that time because he could have he, he could have sat in the back seat in the middle and just still overpowered us. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been fun. I would have been fun to do. I've never done one in a car before, so that's pretty. That'd Some pretty people fun. liked it. We got good feedback on that. Yeah, people did. That sometimes, did you video it? Oh yeah. Yeah, we put like I've got a Mazda six, and so like the uh, screen has like a little has like a little stage right in front of the screen. So he just that camera right there. You guys are all watching on. He just stuck it right there. And uh, I think it fell over once. So, yeah, only a few bumps here and there on the inside OU crazy train so far. But uh, not a lot of bumps for this OU team, guys, as I quickly segue back to football. Um, Of course, John and I did the post-game show. Uh, Rufus uh, wasn't able to join us, so I thought we'd just kind of rehash the Texas Tech victory, just get Rufus's thoughts. But, I mean, overall, um, it was another example of OU not playing or playing a pretty – average to bad team in texas tech um there's talent there it's a big 12 team of course um but again they did exactly what they were supposed to do rufus and the defense continues to just build up positive momentum and regardless if you know kansas is going to going to be bad and then texas is going to be the best team that OU's seen all year uh six games into the season they've they've done so well they have so much confidence now that it may not even matter um i mean yeah um, as far as the confidence thing for the defense wise, you know, they're playing with a lot of confidence. That's good for them. Offensively, they're playing with a lot of confidence also because, I mean, Jalen Hurts, it seemed like whatever play Lincoln Riley calls, uh, he makes the right decision each time. Um, but defensively, what you got, I mean, as, as, even though Texas Tech didn't have, you know, this high powered offense or they didn't do all, didn't have all this, all these great things that they did on the field, they didn't have Bowman out there who was their more accurate quarterback that can challenge the secondary, what you have to love is the hustle and effort plays that the that the Oklahoma defense made. The one time when uh, Turner Yield runs down the field and tackles a guy at the five or six whatever yard line, and they have to go in, they, they, they put up a red zone fight, and they had to kick a field goal, had a red zone stop. Neville Gallimore making the play down the field, hustle play, coming to knock the ball out to get their first turnover. A third and one. Oklahoma comes out and they stop them on a third and one, so they can punt, so they have to punt the ball. They end up getting it on a fake, fake punt, but that, but still, nonetheless, those are things that they had problems with last year. No matter who the opponent was, if they were in a third and one, it seems like any and everybody can get a third and one on this team. So, um, those are the positives for for this Oklahoma defense that they can go in and kind of hang their hat on, and they got another turnover in this game. The secondary played solid. The safeties played solid this game. I think this was their best game so far. So, the Tech game, you put it behind you. They wasn't a they wasn't a great team, but they were a good opponent uh, defensively. Texas Tech was better than most of the people that they played against. Texas Tech were tur- was turning people over. Um, they had re- they had really good linebackers, a good defensive line player up there. That Oklahoma handled pretty easily with injuries up up front, with Ely being out, um, having to move Bray Walker to the guard position, having to move Robertson over to the right tackle position, Swenson staying over at left and still struggling over there. But all those movements on the offensive line, they were still able to put up a lot of numbers, and Jalen Hurts hit some throws, was impressed with some of the throws that Jalen Hurts made in the game. And really quick, Rufus, I just want to get your thoughts on this because John and I talked about this on the postgame show, but some of those plays you highlighted, what stuck out to me about them mainly was – like I don't think that those plays happened last year, they, especially last year, maybe not even the year before. This defense, they're making plays that a normal Oklahoma defense you know, averaged out over the last 20 years. Those are the type of plays that OU defenses make. And I think for a, from a fan's perspective, that's just been the biggest like encouraging thing to see, like guys making hustle plays or even 
Um, something as simple as the uh, drive that we talked about on the post-game show, John. The drive where uh, uh, Tech got the ball into the red zone. They eventually threw a touchdown pass that uh, was overturned. The play before that, uh, Jet Duffy runs an RPO, tries to stretch it. John, Mo- John Michael Terry sets the edge perfectly and allows uh, Buki Radley-Hiles to come in like a rocket. He doesn't make the tackle, but he slows him down, and then three or four Crimson Helmets are there. And that, that's just something you don't see. <laughs> it's just something you don't you haven't seen from this defense in, in a while. And um, plays like that, they're encouraging. Yeah, it seems like. I mean, a lot of a lot of hustle, a lot of things, um, a lot of hats to the ball. It's been a great thing because, I mean, on the third and one, whenever uh, you saw who hit him, Kenneth Murray hit the running back in the backfield, and then you had Turner Yield, and you had another guy that hit him in the backfield as well. So you, as on that third and one, you had the same thing there. And also with Patrick Fields fighting all the way in the back of the end zone to knock the ball out all the way to the ground, that's something that you really kind of didn't see. You seen big guys get the ball, nobody would have fight through. So they, they're trusting their technique, they're trusting their coaches, and they're playing good football. Uh, as long as you keep on you know, fighting and keep on working hard, you're going to have your down games, but the effort is something that you can never have in question. And I think back a few years ago, two, one, two, three years ago, you questioned the effort of what they were putting out there, um, what the coaches were putting on the field, like what the hell are they doing? So that's something that so far has been answered and will continue to be the question, though, going forward. The people, the coaches, the media should not quit asking that question because you don't want those guys to forget. Because once you feel like you arrived, that's when somebody just slaps you upside the head and said, no, you haven't. And I like the way Alex Grinch is approaching it. And then, hey, we hadn't done a damn thing yet. We have to keep on working because, like everybody's saying, we haven't played anybody with any talent. So who the hell are we? It smells like rat poison to me. No, but um, uh, hey, he took care of the rat poison. Alex Grinch did when he said, "If we're not giving effort at the University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud." I've never heard a coach in college football today in in the last ten years utter a uh, a, a an, almost an invective like that. They're a fraud, and I'm a con man. That's that's so strong. No, that was a great quote, and you got that one from him, didn't you, John? Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. kudos to you. Yeah, um, that's been you. my favorite. Uh, Grinch, in his short time here, has said some pretty cool things, uh, things that fans are just going to eat up. Mm-hmm. That's certainly one of them. But um, whatever Grinch is selling, these players are buying into it, and um, it's something that we've all talked about on this podcast before. Maybe just a different voice was needed to instill confidence in this team, and yeah. and you know a lot of a lot of credence goes to uh, what, what fans, media, um, former players have been saying about this defense over the last few years that there's still talent on this team. Kenneth Murray is a talented guy. Neville, Neville Gallimore, Trey Brown, Parnell Motley, even um, even though he's had an up and down career um, at OU, these guys are still incredibly talented. They now have somebody putting them in a position to showcase it. And I don't know how it's going to age this season because the ta- the mm-hmm. competition will step up in two weeks. And it might even step up a little bit in terms of, I mean, we've all seen what a less miles, lesser program can do against the big boys. We've seen that happen already. Yep. Who are they playing this week? Uh, bye week. No, it's Kansas. <laughs> it's who? Kansas. Kansas. Wrong. They're playing Texas this week. Okay. Okay. Remember? Remember what I told you? They're playing yeah. Texas. They're playing Clemson. They're playing Georgia. They're playing Alabama. This is this is a practice week. This is a warm-up week. Now, you can't screw around and overlook what Kansas does because we saw what happened last year, 55-40, to 40, and uh, Puka Williams had 255 million rushing yards. So don't screw uh. around with this team. But this week shouldn't be about Kansas. This is a mismatch. This is about if Oklahoma is going to live up to the expectations that they want to, and that is what, national championship? They have to, they have, to have a mindset that to beat Texas next week – they have to really practice good this week. They have to really focus on Kansas this week. They have to put Kansas away early this week. Otherwise, if they screw around and the, the Kansas game is a, is an actual game or Kansas is hanging around or Kansas is embarrassing them like they did last year on the defense, then all of a sudden you go into the Texas game and you're doubting yourself. Exactly, yeah. I don't, I'm trying to think what was this. It was the year, the 2015 year. Um, I can't remember who OU played before. Um, it was the game where Texas threw the ball six times and beat OU. Mm-hmm. Case uh, McCoy. 
Uh, no, the, the, was the quarterback? It, no, uh, it was uh, Hurd. Oh, oh, 15, 15. I think it was Javon Hurd. Swoops. Or swoops. 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 He came in for a Blake Bell package. Uh, Hurd was still the and quarterback. And ran for three touchdowns, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Mike Stoops prepared for the pass that day. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I can't remember who you played prior to that week, but the same thing kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And that that's what that's what we've seen out of this defense is just the confidence. There hasn't been that that terrible quarter where big plays after big plays start piling up and then the doubt rolls in and then it becomes a game that shouldn't really be a game. This shouldn't be a game in the third quarter. Absolutely not. I mean, but, you know, things like that happens, though. I mean, you have your bad games, and you're going to have to see how this defense is going to respond when things get bad. But Kansas shouldn't be somebody that, you know, you play around with. But they're going to come game and ready to play. Les Miles always have a way of sneaking up against opponents and playing really good against big big opponents. He's played Oklahoma really well whenever he was at Oklahoma State. So look for, for Les Miles to have something that he has in the beginning of the game. If it works and he has success with it, KU is going to keep on running and Les Miles is going to build off of what he tries to install. If you stop what he installs early, you have, you have a good chance of really handling what he's going to bring out. So you can you're going to be able to see what Les Miles' game plan is earlier on in the game. If he if he's able to succeed on a certain a certain type of plays in a game, he's going to build his offense off that, and that's how he was able to beat Oklahoma a few times because he built off of certain plays that they ran and they had success with him, and then he kept adding on to him, so it kept us off balance. And by the time we caught up to our tails, it was too late. The game was about to end. Mm. So whenever you're going to play against KU. Earlier on, you're going to see what Les Miles has in store, and you have to stop it and then shut it down. And then after that, you pretty much he's, he'll shell up. I'm not saying he'll shell up. He'll just he won't know what to do off of that because once you have him, you have him. Um, so, but but KU is going to be a good team. They got some good talent that's out there. Puka Williams is a really good, talented player, but I think that's about all they have, though. Yeah, I mean, Rufus, obviously, you're well aware of what a Les Miles team can bring to the table. You guys kicked their ass in 2003. 2004 was a nail-biter. Uh, OU uh, won on a missed field goal that I mean, forced overtime. if you want to call, like, two, was it two turnovers in the red zone on punt drops or whatever I think that was? I think yeah, was Mark it. Clayton fumbled a punt and uh, got returned for a touchdown, but I think the next punt No, he, it was retur- Blake Ferguson dropped two punts oh, okay. to kick up to a punt. He dropped two of them in the red zone. Right. <laughs> he got the ball and had the butterfingers in that game and Sam tried to sit there and tell me that they rushed for a certain amount of yards or whatever because the game was close no y'all have ball they had the ball in the red zone no I, rem- I remember like I watched that game uh about a month or so before the uh, season started um yeah. and it, w- it was amazing because you, you you remember the score and you think okay then that was a tight game all the way through oh you you guys we had so many big game. plays yeah. like you had that 71 yard tip pass catch by Mark Bradley you had Adrian Peterson had the spin a- move a- AD yeah, Jason White to Mark Bradley, I think, for a 30-yard. Mark Bradley, yeah. Mark Clayton had a punt return. Um, yeah, it was just mistakes. And that is something that I guess we can kind of apply to now is that's the great equalizer is OU hasn't – they haven't made a lot of mistakes. They've given up a, a play or two on defense. But just like what Rufus was saying what was saying earlier, they would give up a big play, but then they would, they would swarm to the football in the next play. They would rebound. That's something that we haven't seen from this defense um, – in, in, over the last few years, and it's been a huge breath of fresh air. This Kansas team, not nearly the amount of talent that that Oklahoma State team had. So I, I don't no. think they're yeah. going to be. They're no, not going to no, be able to hang around. No. Um, a couple of statistics. Oh, first, let's go to the press conference real quick. Oh um, yes, I was. I was busy today, so I didn't get a chance. You were busy. Eat. What were you doing today? What did you have going on today? Thunder Media Day. Thunder Media Day. You yeah, sit, I was sitting out with Chris that's, Paul. And that's why I'm all dressed up. Nice. Ask him what year he's going to retire. <laughs> no. Um, so Kenneth Murray got His the question. Already it was plant based diets. <laughs> right. Plant based diets. Kenneth the Murray big story. got a question today about the Sooners haven't allowed a point yet through four games in the first quarter. Are you happy with that? Are you proud of that? You know, fat, starting fast. He said, "No, nah, doesn't matter." Good. I said, "I'm, I'm like, hmm, wonder what he's talking about." And he said, "You don't win the game in the first quarter. You don't win the game in the second quarter. You don't win a game in the third quarter. But you can win a game in the fourth quarter. We need to play better in the fourth quarter." Um, now, they haven't been on the field much in the fourth quarter in the first four games, and they're not going to be this week. That's where I'm getting at with the Texas thing. These guys need to know what it's like to play a, a, a heated game, an important game in the fourth quarter. That hasn't happened yet, so I look forward to that. But a couple of statistics I wanted to get to real quick. This is pretty impressive. I looked this up last night, and then I get the OU notes package. Here it is. Oh, somebody did it for me, right? 
<laughs> I wasted all that time. <laughs> Got him. Um, Sooners last year, defensive third down conversion percentage, 46.8. Other teams converted third downs 46% of the time. This year, you know what that number is? 20? Less than 20, 19.2%. So add in, in what, what was already a good number, add in a one for 14 by Texas Tech who yep. didn't look like they knew what they were doing offensively at all. I mean, then Receive, you also add they got in. a great receiver, a dynamic quarterback. They got some guys who have been made some plays as running backs. They were clueless. Yeah, then you also add in the fact that in South Dakota you had the backups in, yep. and they were allowing first downs and stuff. Same thing when you go to UCLA. They started getting a little bit of traction in the second half whenever you start play, playing young guys and stuff. So that number could be even crazier. But as this speaks to, you know, the attention to detail and Alec, Alex Grinch, his philosophy, as well as Roy Manning and the way he's been coaching these guys up, and as well um, Coach Odom. Coach Odom's done a great job. But the best the best um, position on this team right now is the defensive line. Calvin mm-hmm. Thibodeau has done a great job of changing the mindset of the defensive line to be a catch um, pretty much a catch-and-read defensive line to an attack and get up the field and and seek and destroy that type of defensive line. And that's what I think needs to be the big change as well because it helped out everybody on the back end. It cleaned up everything for Kenneth Murray. Now he can see he can run and go where he needs to go. Not that you're a draft analyst or a, a GM or anything, but do you think Neville Gallimore is working his way into the first round? Yeah, I mean, for He's a man, unbelievable. Yeah, for a man that's three hundred some pounds to run down, chase a guy down, force a fumble. He chased, uh, I think, Duffy down one, another time in the game. I mean, Neville Gallimore always had the talent. He just never st- stayed healthy, or the the style of defense just didn't fit him. And this style of defense, man, it really fits him. He's very talented. He's a very powerful guy. You can watch him play and watch his first step. He he can be a guy that can make a ton of money in the NFL. I don't know if this is the one year the NFL may say, well, man, I need a little bit more consistency. Mm-hmm. But still, there's not any – look, go around the N- go around the NCAA and see. There's not very many big-time defensive tackles that's doing a lot of great things right now. If you go just look around the, the country right now, um, I mean, Alabama's not as – you know, there's not as many guys not, – not guys there that you look at and be like, ah, oh, you know what? They're missing some dudes. Yeah, he's blowing he's, – he's jumping some, off the field. There's some potential for some wacky stuff on that Alabama defense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's oh, yeah. still f- very good, but the potential for some leakage is there. Yeah. You, you've seen that early on you already. Got, you got a good defensive lineman in, uh, at, at Auburn. I think you have another guy that's uh, at Ohio State that's pretty good. But, I mean, there's not really any big names. Like a Quentin Williams, you knew – Last year, he was a that dude was a freak, right? So you yeah. haven't gotten you don't you don't have that guy right now. Yeah, um, I, I mean Neville Gallimore's play it's it's just been consistent, and that was the thing with me uh, on him going into the season was just be consistent. I don't know, like we know what he's capable of athletically and physically. He's he's a freak, um, but in terms of him putting it all together on the on the football field, almost at the basketball floor. Because um, the comparisons I always make is a player like Terrence Ferguson from the Thunder. Guy's incredibly athletically gifted, but he's not yet been able to fully become consistent in terms of applying that athleticism to the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. And that same can apply to Neville Gallimore. But it's it's really started to happen um, this season because you know part of it I think is Alex Grinch's philosophy of you're not going to play 80 to 90 snaps. Like that's just that's unfair. We want to get the most out of you, so you're going to play 50 to 60. So that uh, constant rotation has really helped the load management, load management, if that's what you want to call it. But overall, Gallimore just – it seemed like every time I paid attention to him, Rufus, he blew up the play. Did he make Did he make the play? Like, did he get a tackle for loss? Probably not. Did he even hit the quarterback? Probably not. But any time that the center of the line of scrimmage is just destroyed – and the quarterback has to immediately move one way mm-hmm. or the other. Helps out the secondary, helps out the linebackers. That's something that you can, at least at this point, four or five games into the year, you can think that's something that's going to remain happening as long as he's healthy. He's understanding, I think, how good he is. And I think it's like a he smells blood in the water. And sometimes it takes guys a few years. Not everybody's a stud when they're 18. Right. Like sometimes, like, God that's forbid right. it takes – God forbid uh, people improve. Guys. Scheme, scheme, scheme helps everything. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't scheme hurt when your everything. defensive coordinator wants to be aggressive. And everybody, when I, whenever, whenever you talk to a lot of people, whenever we would talk about the defense, we said they need to get out of the frog stands. They need to stop reading, two gapping, reading and stuff. They don't have the personnel to do that. 
will Mike Stoops ever change and go back to the 4-3 or whenever he'll let guys attack and get up the field? Oh, yeah, well, this year it looked like he has the guys to do that. Year would start, frog stands again, and they were sitting there catching and reading. Some of these same guys are the same talented kids that now they are allowing these kids to get off the field, get up the field, attack offensive linemen, attack guards, attack centers, instead of just sitting there and let them guys tee off on them. That's not that's not a good thing to be in, be involved in. That's not a good thing to play into. Ex-Oklahoma ex State, when they got teed off on by the Texas offensive line, it ain't no fun. You're getting your head beat in, and everybody and nobody's they're not helping at all. And it looks like the K-State game, they decided to do something different. Help those guys out. You got to let the big guys eat. I mean, if you don't let them eat, I mean, they're going to just sit there and get double team and let your linebackers get their head busted in. Yeah, like I said, like Alex Grinch is allowing his players to make plays based off of their talent level. Um, we haven't seen that. We've seen a whole bunch of the last few years just keep it in front of you. Please, God, nothing bad happened. When you have that mentality, you've already lost. Now, OU's still won a lot of games. But they won a lot of games by the skin of their teeth that they had no business winning by that slim of a margin. So that's been great just to see a lot of these guys be able to showcase their talent and make some money because, I mean, you come to OU with the aspiration to play in the NFL. Um, coming into the season, Kenneth Murray, Neville Gallimore may have been drafted just because they're going to test well. Now they've got a lot of good um, film on their hands that this season so far and the confidence. Kenneth Murray now believes that I can win the butt kiss if I keep playing like this. Neville Gallimore can believe he can win the Lombardi if he keeps playing like this. And that's all you need sometimes, and it's just been really good to see. But uh, one thing, Rufus, I don't know if you had the same opinion um, watching this defense against Texas Tech, but one thing that did kind of worry me, Jet Duffy comes in, and I think his first two drives are three and outs. Then he kind of settles in, and Tech realizes we can't throw the ball, so we're just going to RPO the crap out of it. Then Tech had whatever success they had happened in the middle of the game off RPO, and the whole time I'm thinking – they're not going to come back and win this game. I'm not worried, but that's what Texas is going to do. And Jet Duffy was able to find some creases. Uh, Thompson was able to find a big hole that that play where De- De- excuse me, Delarian Turner yell uh, caught up with them. It worries me. Just think like applying th- that that RPO attack against uh, Texas because that's their bread and butter with Ellinger. Now he's he's not as quick. <laughs> he's not as quick as uh, Jet Duffy Ellinger is. But he knows how to run that offense, and I'm just curious, like, is there anything concerning that you saw against Texas Tech? Well, there was a, a few times in the game where they didn't, flip the, they didn't fit the split zone uh, properly, and therefore when, the, when they were running that and they were sending the tight end back across the formation, they wasn't fitting in the gaps right. Um, and it would get it would get out the gate, and that's where you had a few of those big runs. Um, as far as the Duffy stuff, whenever he was running the the RPO and stuff, he had a few um, little small creases here and there. But I think the one that the plays that hurt him the most was the split zone because it wasn't setting the edge properly, or a few times the linebacker didn't hit the gap downhill, and he waited so that and allowed the the guard to hit the hit the lineman over and then get upfield, and boom, you get hit in the gap. Where you where you not support where a linebacker was supposed to be fast and hitting the hole, so those type of things happen within the game. Uh, it's not something that you have to be overly concerned about because um, if it was a big problem, they can now start running it with consistency and just start kicking your butt up and down the field by running the split zone and building the offense off off of it. It's just something that they'll have to go back and look at and say, hey, when you see this happening, you have to be more fast and more alert whenever this happens. I think you're going to start seeing those plays get eliminated when they pick who's going to be their will linebacker. Whenever, As long as they keep on rotating, you're going to have a guy that hits the hole fast and a guy that doesn't. I think Deshaun White has had put together the UCLA game and this Texas Tech game I think puts him ahead of what Ron Jones has been doing. He's been playing some really good football. He had some good tackles in the game. Attack downhill, closed really well, tackled really well. I like him more tackling in space than I like Ryan Jones. Ryan Jones sometimes leaves me a lot left to be desired because Agreed. sometimes he doesn't want to tackle. Sometimes he just decides, hey, you know, I'm not going to tackle in this one. <laughs> so I, I, I like Deshaun White and his growth these past two games. And that's going to be the thing because, like you said, John, they're playing Kansas, but they're really playing Texas. Um, you have to play with success. You have to play with consistency still. 
I can't look. Do not listen to Brady and John when they say that, guys. Okay, <laughs> you're playing KU. <laughs> if you play KU like you're playing Texas, then hey, all 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 good. Well, go ahead and beat the brakes on them because I don't think KU can match that type of intensity at all. Well, the other thing that uh, kind of concerns me from the Kansas side is just you know they they get the brakes beat off of them in Fort Worth against TCU. Uh, Sam and I talked about that on the radio on Saturday. That doesn't concern me at all. I, I, I'm not like either Kansas could have lost a close game or got blown out. I'm still this is less miles. And I don't know, like the most optimistic view I can take from this. You you, you doubt less, less will come in here and kick you upside the I, head. See, you I, come I'm up not, and play less than KU and kick you upside the head and you'll be over there looking. Play some of that Big Ten football. No, <laughs> see, I'm not even doubting him. Like he frightens the hell out of me. Yeah, you get and, up there and look stupid and you're over there looking like, man, I thought we thought we were gonna, we thought we were it and then Puka had like 900 yards. And I mean, <laughs> if, if you're going to play like one of the lesser schools the week before Texas, I, I feel like it's kind of advantageous that they're playing less miles because it's a coach – with a proven track record that can keep them honest. Like Lincoln Riley can just point to 2001, 2002 guys. He's crazy and he can sneak up on you. Don't, don't think about Texas. Now what you're saying, you're yeah. not, you're not looking forward to Texas. No, no, no. You're just saying play to the standard, play to the standard. Exactly. Yeah. The standard should not be Kansas. The standard should not be, we have to beat Kansas. The standard should be this team needs to play to a level that would wipe, te- wipe the floor with Texas. That's what that's what I'm getting, and that's what Kenneth Murray said several times in the post game and today about playing to a standard. How do you, how do you, how does a coach get you to reach down inside yourself and chase somebody down like you were talking about, like I wrote about on our website, thefranchiseok.com, Saturday night? How does a coach get you to play harder by yelling at you? By you know, he said no. They held us to a standard uh, when when on Monday when we watch film. You know, you get called out. I said, so you, get you literally out. get called out. <laughs> you like, literally get cussed out. He said, every in front of everybody. Yeah, if, that's, if you're loafing, you get you get called that's out. Kenneth, if that's how you do it, guys. Kenneth. It is the old days. It's the old days of OU stuff, man. Not guys getting all in their feelings and all that stuff. How old mm-hmm. is Alex Grinch? You know, I mean, it's like 33, 34. He's thirty. He's 33. Mm-hmm. He's got that old school mentality. He does. Yeah, come from like Gary Pinkletree. Hey, I'm telling you, man. It used to be. Hey, heart hurt feelings all over the place, man. You get up in the locker room and get made fun of by the guys because you got cussed out, and then you get cussed out. You get cussed out in the meeting whenever you watch some of the bad plays you work, you watch as a team, and then you get cussed out again when you go into individual meetings when you watch it together as a group. And then you get on the field you're like, damn, bro, you got cussed out twice. That would look bad. <laughs> Sometimes the fear of being shamed is a great motivator. Yeah, by your team, by your peers. Not just your coach, yeah. but by your peers. Well, you just, like, hope that, hey, man, hopefully we start to film off <laughs> where we pass those few plays that we messed up at. Because you try to you try to, oh. you try to accept it and be like, oh, yeah, coach, I know, I know, coach, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah, you damn right, your bad. <laughs> I mean, Coach Venom would be foaming again at the mouth. Got that vein popping out right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah. He, Alex Grinch is 39. I, I sold him short a little bit. Surely Brent He Vin- would take 33, though. Surely that Brent Venable's <laughs> vein has its own Twitter account. <laughs> There's already a Sam Presti beard account. Um, no, like all he has to say to Kenneth, like play to the standard, or I will throw Brian Mead out there so quickly you won't even know what happened. <laughs> I don't care. Pretty simple. Hey, when guys, sometimes guys understand. Hey, some guys understand their talent level. I mean, I think a guy like Kenneth Murray is very motivated, highly motivated. You don't have to threaten him with that because I've been threatened with, hey, I'm gonna throw this guy in there, and I'm like, whatever, all right, coach, I'm gonna take a knee back here then, and <laughs> that boom, hap- that happened to me in high school. I got benched for going to missing a practice to go to a journalism conference, which was sponsored by the school. Coach said, if you miss practice, I'm going to bench you. I said, you got to do what you got to do. I went to the journalism conference. I got a career to get yeah, going. Yeah. He benched me, first play of the game, 76-yard touchdown. He grabs me and says, get in there for the extra point. Yeah. Oh, so you got that Adrian Peterson suspension against UCLA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, took that, I took that knee, and after three plays of not getting lined up, Get, get in there. All right. Okay, Coach, I'm back in. All right. <laughs> Lessons learned. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of that, Gabe Burkich, new OU kicker. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Competition is open. And, you know, the first thing I thought when we, when I saw Gabe um, lining up for field goals in pregame was I just thought of you, Rufus. Um, maybe he uh, – maybe Caleb, Suther- or Caleb Sutherland uh, failed on the Stairmaster punishment. <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, one, I mean, you get you – get, the job wasn't for a guy like him. He couldn't get in any trouble because his job wasn't secure because he missed two mm-hmm. field goals earlier on. He's yep. been shaky from when he started off. And the next thing is, I mean, you you may get punished internally, but if there's a guy that's nipping at your heels, you don't think they're going to give him a shot because you're 
you you're just immature and you won't he won't do what you're supposed yeah. to do. That's just that's his fault for losing his job. We're I'm talking, talking about, about we're talking about scoring points too. We're not yeah. talking about throwing blocks or making tackles. We're talking about putting points on the scoreboard. Yeah, that's what your job is. And they so. were chip shots, but he he did his job. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I, I'm giving it to the guy that made his field goals. He was what he hit what seven free, seven field goals nine or whatever it was. He hit them extra points. He had two oh, yeah. field goals two for two field goals, two for two field goals, points, and all the extra points. He slid a couple of the the, the field goals kind of slid in. I think I told you Saturday night slid that he hit them right down the middle, but they yeah. were. Down the middle. You know, I like the game I was wondering from the press box, I yeah. don't get a good perspective. On I was wondering, guys. I just assumed like you're watching it from hey. the side upstairs. Yeah. Good so. is good, baby. Yeah. Good it doesn't is matter. Good. good is good. Well, <laughs> I, I did. T- I did tell John on the post game show there are makes and then there are G- Jimmy Stevens makes. And the good thing is, is both of these kickers, the fields they've made have looked solid. Mm-hmm. They haven't just been barely over the crossbar, which is always a good thing to see. Uh, otherwise, you get that Bob Stoops reaction in Tallahassee yeah. where he was just like, was awesome. what the hell? Okay, we won. Cool. <laughs> he said, Lincoln said today at the press conference, he said, the competition is kind of always open when it comes to kicker. That's one it's of healthy. those jobs. It's that, healthy. Yeah, if the guy behind you is kicking better than you, guess what? He's going to kick. So, uh, I don't know what the what the end result's going to be. I don't know if there's like a two-game suspension or a 10-game suspension. Or, I just thought I thing think with the suspension would have been – Oh, yeah. Was he, was he dressed out? Was Sutherland dressed no, out? No, he, he was wasn't. Not. He oh, was suspended. Okay. Here's the thing with a kicker, though. You get a kicker with a PI or a DUI or something like that, you can't really punish them, right? You can't really run them until their legs are dead because they need their legs. Yeah. It's not about fitness or punishment or making them hurt. You go out there and, and he tries to kick a field goal with dead leg. That thing ain't going through the uprights. <laughs> what are you talking about? Monday? Hey, look, you got Monday and you got four days to get your legs back. Cold tub. Cold <laughs> You're talking tub. One day, a one-day punishment? Yeah, I, I was thinking hey, it would be like a three-day. No, Stairmaster okay. is one of them things okay. where you only need one day That's to fair. get your <laughs> He's young. Get he bounced you back. Hey, one day is all you get. All you need to get the understanding back. Like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I'm John, not going to do that again. <laughs> John, you and I are just normal humans. Rufus is uh, hes a little bit superior in the athletic department. Hey, look, I don't care what y'all say. I'm as, just as much of an athlete as all y'all when it comes to the Stairmaster. And once <laughs> it, it, it hurts, once it goes fast, it hurts any man that's ever been on it. I've seen mere mortals turn to this, you know, I mean, I've seen <laughs> immortal people turn to mere mortals on that thing and be like, oh, my gosh. Oh. We've, uh, we've all done the Stairmaster on this, but only one of us has done it for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Well, so, I wonder I wonder uh because we've been on this for about 30 minutes now. We haven't talked about the offense. I wonder if the stairmaster is something Jalen Hurts will do after a, a victory moving forward. Did you forward. see him working out again? Yeah, he's throwing the big medicine ball down mm-hmm. like he's angry at it. Um hey, if it works for him, it works for him. Uh, I don't know if he's like privy to the fact that he's being filmed. I'll I don't know if he's doing on. it for show. Here's what's happening. He's used to in the SEC taking a punishment and he, oh, John! With the through the, the through the first take four cannon. games already, he's like, God, this is too easy. The I'm Big not, Twelve is soft. Yeah, I'm not getting <laughs> any work here. I'm just kind of running up and down the field and throwing guys to wide open. So uh, he's going in the in the uh, weight room after the game and delivering some. I don't know what do you call it. Self flagellation? Is that too much? Um, you're kind of no. punishing. No. I don't, know. I don't know if he's just. Ca- I don't I'm know just kind of kidding like. around. Don't, don't get upset. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, no, I thought Jalen Hurts had a spectacular day, and he, he, he did a lot of things that we've been questioning like is he going to be able to go through his progressions is he going to be able to step up in the pocket remain calm when the play kind of has to bleed out because that that uh deep ball he threw to charleston rambo i think him and cd lamb and then maybe um and Jaden hazelwood because he was right in the same spot they all just had deep routes and it was a third and 17 mm-hmm. third and 18 it was just like third and 11 third and 11 okay see rufus got a better memory than me um you know Th- that was always kind of a concern for me of like once those play once you have to call a play that's going to take a while to develop is he going to get happy feet and just say screw it I'm going to take like the eight nine yards I can pick up maybe I can get the first down with my legs yep. he stood in the pocket he stood strong and he delivered it right as Gus Johnson Gus Johnson described put the biscuit right in the basket and yes. um, that was cool I thought the coolest thing about that play guys Jaden Hazelwood bust his busted his ass down the field to get there in the first place hit a block, fell down, then got up and still busted his ass downfield mm-hmm. and sprung up Rambo on for about another 15 yards. That was good to see from an 18-year-old freshman. Pretty Guy impressive. special. Yeah. yeah. There's three plays that I like that Jalen Hurts did. He had the back shoulder, I think that was to Hazelwood that he threw. Uh, NFL throw. Yeah. NFL throw and catch. Yeah. Um, then there was the – with pressure in front of him and he hit the hall on the one after he chipped on Swinton and got hit as he mm-hmm. threw it to the fullback. That was another impressive one. And then uh, – actually, there was four There was four of them. And then the one to Rambo. 
And then the other one where he kind of did the little quarterback move to the side and threw it right through the middle between two guys to C.D. Lamb that ended up shaking off and going where he's supposed to go. Those were, th- were throws that he threw people open. Um, the two of them with Rambo, he threw Rambo open. He threw Hazelwood open with a back show, and he threw Rambo. Uh, he threw C.D. Lamb open with a pass in the middle, and he is great anticipation. And Hall, you see him take pressure but still be able to find somebody down the field. Those are all growth things that he's had to his game. Yep. And those are things you didn't see the first three games, and now you're starting to see him really loosen up and give athletes a chance to make plays. Guys like Rambo be able to run and catch a ball in traffic. Guys like C.D. Lamb be able to anticipate and be able to use his hands. Guys like Jason, um, like has, um, Hazelwood, the guy just pulls the ball out of the air. I mean, he doesn't let the ball get to his body. If the ball is right there in front of him, he takes it from this place and brings it to him. That is very that, – that's hard to teach anybody. That's very advanced. That's NFL next-level type stuff. God just plucks the ball out of the air. NFL teams is going to love this kid. OU's got a great receiver for the next couple years. He is phenomenal watching him just pull the ball out of the air. I would add to the four throws that you illustrated, The uh, when you talk about throwing somebody open, he threw C.D. Lamb open on that fade to the corner. Fade to the corner to the end zone. Where, off off where, one foot. Off of yeah. one foot, sure. The the DB was shading inside, and he was probably going to be able to fit it in there and get it to CD for a, a somewhat contested catch. But he knew that if I throw, CD was leaning this way, but he knew if I throw it out here this way, he's going. He's so wide open, he's going to be able to spin around. That's exactly what he did. And then the touchdown pass to uh, Hazelwood, that was dropped. That was that an was NFL a, throw. That was an NFL throw. That was coming in about sixty five miles an hour, and the, Hazelwood's hands oof. might not have been ready for it. The part and the other part to that was you look at. CeeDee Lamb does a great job as a receiver, selling it inside. You saw those routes with, uh, with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. He'd do those whenever he's one-on-one in the end zone. He leans a little bit in, and he they put enough air on it where he can just outrun the guy oh. and body up and take that throw. And that's, uh, that's, um, that's one of those things where you trust an area that my guy can get there before that guy. Yep. You, you trust – you put – it just in one spot over here, and you trust your guy. And that's what I was talking about for Jalen Hurts as well, just being able to start trusting the guys that, hey, they're five-star guys too. There's some amazing guys right there with Hazelwood and with, with Stogner and all those guys. There are some very talented catchers. Let them be talented. I could bore the listener and the viewer with all these st- amazing statistics and and accomplishments and all this stuff. It's rat poison. Uh, rat poison, exactly. <laughs> he, um, a Big 12 newcomer of the week, right? I mean, it's like, man, okay, who else are you going to give it to? Did you see that clip? He, he deserves it. Did you see that clip? Um, whatever that video series that Kansas is doing with Les Miles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who was that freshman receiver that he's – it's like a skit. He's going into an office and talking to this lady behind a desk, and he's he's like, yeah, I'd like to try and be the Big 12 newcomer of the week. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but uh, we gave it to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and he's just like, exactly. oh, I forgot he was – oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so the, you, could t- you could talk all day about his statistics and his accomplishments. What I asked Lincoln Riley about Saturday, and I asked him a follow-up question today, was about his growth as a quarterback, about the, the reads, the progression – the the evolution that he's already showing in this offense and Lincoln Riley had some amazing things to say about him today. If you want to watch that video, go to my YouTube channel. Just look for John Hoover. If you're watching on video, you're already there. But yeah, exactly. But um, he he made some real nuanced throws, some real kind of grown up. You know, I'm the best player on the field. I'm Cam Newton, right? But I'm going to go into this game and I'm going to be more Tom Brady, more cerebral. I'm going to put pull pull apart the defense with my head and my eyes, not just my arm. I thought he really, really showed up. And Lincoln said, hey, we had him for two more weeks. We had, we had an open date. We can coach him up a lot more in that time. So very advanced game by Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and look, look I, I had those same concerns, like is he going to be able to step in the pocket, go through his reads, whatever. But at the same time, j- the same people that are like trashing OU's strength of schedule – like, well, then apply that logic to Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. The first read was probably open. What is he going to do? Just say, no, nah, I need to make an NFL throw and go through my reads. Throw it to the guy that's wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Rufus, I brought this up on, on the postgame show with John, and I'm just curious if you agree or think that it's completely silly. Um, when you're playing conference opponents in Texas Tech, you know, we know where they are talent-wise. They're, they're pretty bad. Um, but still, there's that familiarity because this is a conference opponent – Texas Tech sees OU every year. Kansas sees OU every year. They understand what you want to do. They understand like the players that 
you have on the roster and their talents because a lot of these guys have been recruited by all these other schools. So there's just a, an added level of familiarity between your opponent as opposed to playing a non-conference opponent. So I'm curious if that's why Jalen Hurts had to maybe go into the, his bag of tricks as a quarterback a little bit more because Tech understands what Lincoln Riley is wanting to do. Now, do they have the talent to actually do something about it? No, but I'm just curious if there's something about that familiarity with a conference opponent when it's well, the offense against the defense. No, I mean, because, you I mean, Wells is a totally brand-new coach. Um, I mean, he's been playing everybody close, though. Um, he's he had, some, he had a good defensive performance against um, Arizona when they played against Arizona. I mean, they, they I mean Arizona's an explosive offense. They don't, they usually they spread out. They're wide open, and they're throwing it all over the place. They had Douglas, who had on the back end, who's, uh, who's had two interceptions, uh, one of their big tackles. Brooks was a pretty good linebacker as well. Their team leader. I mean, they they had tackle. They made a ton of tackles for loss. This defense for Texas Tech wasn't a bad defense. Um, this te- this defense last year picked Kyler Murray off on his first few passes that he had, and they was Texas Tech was up early in that game. So Texas Tech has been better defensively, and they've always been a scra- a scrappy team. But they've always have a big time receiver. Vasher is not a not a slouch for a receiver. I mean, he he's huge. every bit of six five six six, and yeah. he's a guy that can run and. Um, OU contested every pass they threw his way. They did a great job when they tried to move him and put him in the slot. Turner Yield came down. Uh, Turner Yield came down, played him very well in the slot, and had to help over the top. They also took away the easy routes. What Oklahoma did was they didn't let Texas Tech get settled in. Texas Tech would like to take advantage of the slant and screen routes that they was trying to throw to the little shorter slot, slot receivers. Oklahoma took that away, and they didn't have any answer for it after that. I said, I said that in the uh, – and when we talked about it in the, in the Sooner Network and the, um, the show before the game, and once you take away the slant routes and screen routes, it's going to be hard for Texas Tech to do anything offensively because that's their bread and butter. They don't have a guy that can throw the ball down the field with accuracy like Bowman to do that. And Oklahoma knew it. They were prepared for it. They played it. That's the way the game ended. That's why the game ended so easily, so fast, because they took away everything that they were capable of doing. Bowman gave him a different kind of option because he can put the ball where it needs to be. Yeah. And so that's the big thing with OU, you know, playing those guys. I mean, I don't think it's a familiar familiarity thing about who you're playing against because every year is different whenever you have guys out there. Yeah. Um, well, I guess with that, you know, we're talking about all the great glowing things about the offense. Um, the thing that worries me is still the offensive line and particularly the left side now. Um, Adrian Ely, I guess Lincoln Riley said that he's still day-to-day, week-to-week. Right. I yep. mean, I hope that means that he's fine for the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> uh, Kennedy Brooks had got had some opportunities the other day and got stuffed. Most yeah. of the time he got stuffed was on the right side of the line. So you got two new position starters uh, out there, Tyrese Robinson and and uh, Bray Walker at, at right guard. You got one guy sliding out. You got the other guy coming in making his first career start. Lincoln said – he played good for a guy making his first career start. What does that tell you? There's kind of a qualification there. Yeah, no, Kennedy Brooks has been averaging 11 yards, 11 and a half yards in his career basically so far. And the other day against Texas Tech, he's getting stuffed. So there's a little bit of concern on the right side of that line now. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course there's concern. I mean, Bray Walker, he's just – I think he's – you can see the guy visually thinking on the field whenever you watch him play. Uh, if he knows where he's going, he's going to move whoever's in front. Whoever he, if he knows who he has to hit, <laughs> that person's in trouble. Well, if yeah. he doesn't know, he is pretty he, damn strong. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't know where he has to go, you can see him getting passed by on blitz. There was a few times a linebacker came on the blitz and he was sitting there for the read. The guy showed and he, boom, he didn't know it was there. Um, and that's he's still trying to process things, so that makes things hard for him um, and hard to play him in those games. But you have to play him right now. But the left side is the one that's just a problem because Swenson, I mean, you chip for him, he still gets beat around. And that's that's the bad part because I watch Hall chip for him and the guy still comes around. Tyrese Robinson, he gets the chip, he's fine. Yeah. He can he holds his ground and holds the guy where he has to. Well, now you're starting to see where he well, Beanbow's getting handcuffed at because usually he would pull the guard from the other side. So he would pull Tyrese Robertson the other side and let Swenson block down, be a little bit more creative with your protection. You know, block down, block out with the guard. So it makes it like a little run, but he can stand in the pocket and makes a different person, you know, kind of almost makes Swenson a guard. It's just those things right there that you can't continue to have happen and Swenson continues to get beat all the time, over and over again on the left side. A guy can go around him and it just seems like – 
Like so, Jalen Hurts have to dodge him every time. What? So what? The, what's the help then? You you keep Braden Willis in. You keep you keep. Uh, got to get mean, better. Jeremiah yeah. Hall. Got to get better. better. I mean I, that that messes with their offense. That allows because he's, he's better than Proctor, right? I mean, yeah. or Proctor I mean, but, would be playing. I mean, oh. I don't know. I think it's a toss up <laughs> between the two because Proctor holds, and then then yeah. you get a you get twenty you're down first and twenty. So that's the problem with him. Um, I think you, you need to figure out. You don't have, you have to figure out something else, but you don't want to keep a a. You don't want to keep Hall in or keep Willis in. That hampers your offense. That lets my linebacker go out and play coverage and help in those in those windows. You know, I need that guy out there occupying this this linebacker so I can hit this window right here. So Swenson's gonna have to get better. Beanbo's gonna keep coaching him up to get better. Um, I don't think he's healthy. I think he's kind of he limps around a little bit. You know, you watch him in the game. He comes off the field. He limps. He limps off the field and not. He's a little bit ginger and stuff like that. So. Um, between he or Proctor, those guys are gonna have to either figure it out, or you're gonna have to go ahead and try to burn somebody's red shirt, or use Finney Felix, Finney Felix to come out there and let him play some. Because, guys, I don't think this is getting any better. And they're still it's averaging not. 600 something yards a game, and 50 some points a game. I don't Did know you see the g- points per play? 272 plays, 222 points. They're uh-huh. averaging almost a point per play, and that's never been done. The, the all-time record, which was set by this team last year. It was like point six eight. They're averaging yeah. now point eight eight. What the hell? That's obviously a great. And we're th- complaining about the offensive line. I mean, that's obviously a great thing because tell you oh you needs to win. Oh, you needs to look great when they do win. But um, I don't know. I almost kind of I almost kind of wish that UCLA was better, and they presented a better defensive challenge because no if that game was ugly and OU still won by like I don't know fifteen sixteen points. Um, and the offensive line was a big reason why they like they couldn't run the ball. Jalen Hurts doesn't have a lot of success running the football. That's basically a huge come to Jesus moment that Bill Bimo can um, can use as an example of. Now I have no doubt that he's done that already. But when you're scoring almost a point per play, it, it's really hard to get past whatever. I mean, whatever is mentally blocking you from performing at the level that you're supposed to be. Because I don't think he can perform at another level, bro. I'm telling you, this is it. This is what he is. He's slow foot. He's slow foot on the left side. Anytime somebody with speed um, was on him, he he couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, he is very slow foot. He doesn't have a strong punch, which is a problem. I think that's when he had the, I think he had a torn something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what something's wrong. Something's wrong with his upper body. Maybe he has. He doesn't have a strong punch. So any guy kind of he kind of dead arm him every time they come around and rush around him. You can watch him whenever he plays. His punch on the left side is just not good when he has to punch out into the guy over here. So it doesn't slow down the rusher. So they fight hands and they come underneath him, and it's right around the corner. So a guy comes right around the corner. Watch Swenson whenever you play. Watch him play. If y'all if you can sit there and watch him, I've watched him on the sideline. Is this he doesn't have that punch in the left hand to really stop a guy whenever he hits a guy like Orlando Brown. Whenever he was, whenever he put his hands on you, you're done. You, you stop. <laughs> I saw you're that done. on Sunday. Yeah. Whenever a guy like a guy like who was it last year? Um, Cody Ford. Co- no, Cody not Ford. Cody Ford. Who was on the other side? Bobby Evans. Bobby, Bobby Evans, Evans yeah. would put his hands on you. You would stop. He had a good punch whenever he had to stop you. Cody Ford was the same way as well, but. Whenever you don't have that, whenever you don't have that power to stop a guy right here with a with a punch, whenever he's trying to do a speed rush, and then you can turn your hips and get him, you're in trouble. Well, if you don't think that it can get any better, like at least from Swenson's individual uh, standpoint, I mean, is that something that can lose OU a game? Just that on its own? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna force you to keep a guy in. Y'all, I can give you a game that'll tell you can it happen. Clemson, when OU went play Clemson in the national championship, and Samia was playing right tackle. Mm-hmm. That man got abused. Oh, Vic, Be- Vic Beasley? Was he, that Vic Beasley? I don't know who it was, but they couldn't do any – they couldn't run to the right. They couldn't drop and pass because he got beat on the right. And they couldn't run an offense. They couldn't be balanced offensively because there was one person, no matter if you helped him or whatever, he got beat. You can chip. It was coming around him. Yeah, after the first three or four drives where OU had actually had some offensive success, Venables sniffed that out. Yeah. And then you just adjust. And that's my fear. Les Miles is a good enough coach to identify that. Now can Kansas do something about it? I don't know. Nah. Texas. Now Texas can. We've seen a a lesser Texas team beat OU simply, no be, simply because Josiah St. John 
tipped off the play every time it was a pass, every time it was a run. I mean, that's at least what the um, Texas players said. No, that's right. And so something like yeah. that can lose you a game. Can lose you a game. That's what Sam See May said. That's what Sam May said in the press box. <laughs> hey, look, look, he said, "Well, look at his right foot. His right foot is back on every and there it was pass or it was my pass. I was run. I mean, whenever we, we played against um, play against Nebraska, it was the same thing. I mean, Nebraska played against Nebraska one year and they showed pass and run. It was the, the I think it was the right guard. If he sat, if he sat down, if he had his hands down right here and leaning up. It was it was passed when he was forward on his stance. It was run. I'm like, dude, this 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 can't be true. This this no way. We watched it on film. It's like, well, they charted all the games. It's like 95 percent accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shout out to the there stats, we guys. go. Yeah, so we 95 percent. I mean, Coach Venables, we looking at it in film, and we said, man, Coach, man, every time that guy leans this way, he was like, nah, no way. And you look at it, he's like, yeah. I'm gonna get the stat. The stats guy got on it. Boom! <laughs> it was over. Look, he's showing run pass the whole entire game. That's so cool. And we'd be in the game hollering red and green the whole entire time. Red for run, green for pass. The guys would get off the ball and just go and make sacks. Meanwhile, Nebraska's offensive line are like, why are they screaming colors out? What the hell are they talking about? Uh, it's a bad day for what? Zach Taylor. And then on an unrelated <laughs> note, why aren't why aren't we moving the football? Oh well. Bad, <laughs> I think it was a bad day for Zach Taylor that day. Oh, he had a few bad days against OU. Yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, um, any other final thoughts as we move a little bit deeper into what is it, week six? This is week six of the college football season. Hey. It's already almost halfway over, and that depresses me. My my final thoughts is, I mean, Coach Beanbow has his work cut out for him. Um, I think when he's going to play against a better defense, they're going to really try to expose the left side of the offensive line. Uh, and He's going to have to be really creative in what he does. Um, hopefully he has Ely back, and he can really kind of do some things where – um, that helps him out on that side. But for right now, um, they got a lot of – I mean, for me personally, watching them play, I think once you play against the better teams, you're going to have some problems on the left side. They're they're going to stop you. They're going to come and overload this side. And But, I, I mean, Lincoln Raleigh does some great things creatively with his offensive line, with his offensive play call, and that helps him out a little bit. But you can't keep doing that the whole entire time if you can't sit in the pocket on a third and long or a second and long or a second and medium, you can't sit in the pocket because your guy's getting his butt kicked. I'll finish up with this. Um, C.D. Lamb wants to be an All-American. C.D. Lamb is a uh, Bolitnikoff candidate. Feed the man. Continue to feed the man like we saw on Saturday against Texas Tech. He Why? looked pretty damn good on Saturday. I asked Jalen Hurts about it today, about getting him going. 183 yards receiving, three touchdowns, two long touchdowns. You get your best players the football. Jalen Hurts said, yeah, he, he's thrown to Henry Ruggs. He's thrown to Devontae Smith. He's thrown to Jerry Judy. He knows when you've got a great receiver, an elite receiver, feed him the ball. Feed him the ball. And so that maybe from this point forward, that's what we're going to see a lot he's more He's also of. thrown to Drake Stoops. How dare you? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, also, really quick before we get out of here, um, did, you guys, did you guys find the irony in the uh, second drive on OU's offense where uh, C.D. Lamb got called for an offensive pass interference? Finally, face guarding worked out for Kerry Cooks because oh, that was that was complete, complete utter defensive that pass is interference. Brady from yeah. the top rope right there. Uh, I, I tweet. I think I tweeted it out from the stadium. I was like, "Hey, finally it worked out for you." Yeah. Once every six million times, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Hey, those those OU receivers knew. They're Here, not. Here's they're how they're going to do this. <laughs> We're going to catch some long balls today. Get out of here. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to Inside OU. Uh, thank you for watching on John's YouTube page. Uh, but we'll get Rufus out of here. Uh, for Mr. Rufus Alexander, John Hoover, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good one. Listen to Brady Trantham Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Brady Does Sports. Catch all of John Hoover's work at thefranchiseok.com. Follow him on Twitter at John E. Hoover. And be sure to catch all of his radio call-ins throughout the week on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. The Sam Mays Podcast. All in. Inside OU. OKC82. And intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.